This is The Rational Perspective. I'm Alec Hogg. In this episode, we get to meet leading entrepreneur Vivian Reddy. Having been raised in the province, my trips to KwaZulu-Natal are always an occasion, a time to catch up with old friends, meet new ones and absorb the latest news. Well, during a visit at the end of July, I noticed a number of cranes were standing still in the centre of Mkhlonga. On inquiring, a story emerged that the construction of a massive mixed-use development had been stalled for so long that the corrosive effects of the sea air meant the entire structure might need to be demolished. I passed on this scuttlebutt during our July the 27th episode of From the Editor's Desk with my colleague Felicity Duncan. Well, we got it wrong. On Friday, at the invitation of Vivian Reddy, who's the central character in the 3.4 billion rand oceans development, I heard the real story and then got a lot more than I'd bargained for. It provided a rare opportunity to ping some tough questions at the media-shy billionaire who worked his way up from poverty to owning the largest electrical contracting business on the African continent. And judging from his responses, he was the kind of person who suffered greatly from the tall poppy syndrome. Reddy attracts far more malignant attention, often in the media and gossip, than he deserves. To begin with, he was justifiably testy, but the conversation did improve and it ended on a real highlight, as you'll hear as we close off. I'm so glad that, uh, you know, the professionalism and the fact that you agreed to hear my side of a story, and that's what good journalism is all about. When you are fed fake news is to ensure that you get the factual. And in fact, that article came across as misleading fake reporting, and it, was, and it created confusion, and it seemed to be designed to discredit the ocean's development. Now, in that article... Well, it wasn't designed for anything, it was just, it was just uh, uh, people's perceptions. And I think... Okay. We, uh, well, but let, let's, go, let's go back. How did, you, how did you get involved in this in the first place? Where does it, where does it all start? Right. I said, just so, we, we, uh, uh, this land, uh, Rob Alexander, who's my partner, 50% partner, a property developer, we bought this land in 2000. 2011 from a private developers who had originally bought that 22 years ago from the city and it changed hands in between and we became the third owners of it. Okay, so that's fake news number one. You didn't buy it from the town council for 30 million rand. No, no, no. I, we bought it. I can't tell you the amount, but Rob and I bought it and Investec funded it in 2011. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a lot of land. Uh, was it difficult to accumulate so uh, much? Uh, yes, we spent a lot of money. We had to relocate the clubhouse. We had to relocate telecom buildings. We had to relocate the post office. We had to re- relocate the main uh, water line going into Mslangarong. And we had to take out 34,000 square meter, uh, cubic meters, 340,000 cubic meters of land, which cost us about 180 million. And the people of Amslanga, in fact, in the new clubhouse, we spent 20 million. It was supposed to be the job of the city, but the city reneged. And we, Rob and I, at our cost, built a beautiful new clubhouse on the Amslanga Ridge. And it's a world-class facility, and there's a nice plot in honor of this, because we respect the people of Amslanga Rocks, and we created this facility at no charge. And they've got a long-term lease on it. How big is the development, the ocean's development? The development is... uh, 
140,000 square meters. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The uh, development is 240,000 square meters. It consists of a Radisson Blue Hotel. You see the cranes are busy building it at Bowery, 65 apartments. There's 600 other apartment blocks, and it is a world-class shopping center. In fact, the AMD of a leading brand, one of the leading brands was Durban two weeks ago, and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, we're going to have another diamond walk in the center. Uh, we're planning a snow park. And how much is all of this costing? Uh, this is uh, just over 3.4 billion rands on that. These are big numbers. It's a big numbers. And uh, despite uh, what your information said, and it is fully funded, I can show you the letters from the financial institution, we've got the money for it. And the question, I think, what people were concerned, what happened? Why did the cranes removed? Why were the construction cranes removed? And this is what happened. We had the big misfortune of the first contractor that was employed to do the job went into liquidation. And that was that Group 5? I actually don't. We had confidential agreements. So we don't want to mention contractors. But uh, the first contractor, it wasn't Group 5, the first contractor, went into liquidation. Then we had to negotiate with liquidators. And then we gave the job to Group 5. And then, to our horror and dismay, Group 5 went into business rescue. And the banks said, hold on, sort that out, we want another contractor in there, and we had to negotiate uh, with the Group 5, and we amicably, it, it cost a lot of money, because when a contractor has a valid contract, and, when, and we parted the way, we believed, and I strongly believed that if Group 5 had continued under proper supervision, and if we had the supported banks, that they could have done it, but unfortunately, the financial institutions say, we need to put another builder. We have now got ten corner the new builders that's been approved by the financial institution and they're doing remedial work on site and they are going to complete the towers. And the hotel uh, project and the residentials and the mall is going to be done by, well, the only last big construction company left in South Africa and we've got, they've got a lot of credibility, WHO. So why were they fighting with you, Vivian? Uh, so there was that court action over No, I tell you what happens when you have um, uh, disagreements, and, uh, and this is what happened. It was really how the agreements were written, and I think a lot of it, and if you look at follow-up reports once again, it was very mischievous reports uh, where it was actually cleared up by the contractor themselves to date. We don't owe anyone one cent, not one cent, whether it be Group 5, WBHO, not even the previous guys that went to Likudia, and I think, you know, uh, everyone knows it was um, a, a company um, called, um, uh, I just, it just slips my uh, name, uh, that went into liquidation. But at the end, of what happens, and I think uh, one of the things that uh, someone had informed you about the steel, Mm. Uh, no. yeah, let's, maybe let's just go back a little bit. So, so you've, you've gone into this incredible project, as you say, 3.4 yeah. billion, which has got to be one of the biggest uh, in, in some time that's being built. It's the biggest in South Africa. The first current biggest is going to employ, during pre-construction, it's going to employ 15,000 people, and when it's complete, it's going to have 2,500 job opportunities. And that's what excites us. We're creating jobs, and that's what this country needs, is investment and jobs. Outside of uh, people from outside of KZN, can you give us an idea of how, how big the project is relative to uh, shopping centers? Well, let, let me tell you, this project is bigger than the Mall of Africa. 
if you look, it's the biggest development, 240,000 square meters of development is massive. It's big, it's major. And, uh, you know, we, you, you can, it's, it, it is uh, much bigger than that. And so in the middle of Mklanga, so everyone can see it. Middle of Mklanga, and it's going to change the landscape of Mklanga, it's going to increase property values, because we're bringing this unique building, and beautiful, and by the way, this design, designed by LYT Architects, amazing guys, won the African Award as the best mixed-use development in Africa, and it came third in the world, at the World Design. Okay, so so it's it's a great project. It's a yeah. big project. It's an expensive one, but it stopped, and I think that's yeah. what got tongues wagging. Absolutely, and as I said, it was most unfortunate. It was beyond our control when contractors go into liquidation, and it's very important. Also, the financial institutions got to protect their interests, and we don't blame them. And uh, but what is good now? Things are going back on track. Uh, we've informed all the relevant stakeholders, and we've had great support. The malls, 85% let, big national tenants, seven international brands. There's going to be another diamond walk that we're creating, and that's going to be an What's exciting diamond walk? time. Uh, diamond walk is where in Santon City you've got diamond walk, you've got all the big stores there, high Burberry, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, you know, all these high-end uh, brands and... Uh, uh, Versace and those other stuff. So we want to create that kind of premise uh, walk in Durban because Durban, you know, I'm involved in the casino industry also. You know, I'm a terminal survivor casino, and we know the disposable income. If you look between the, the casinos in Durban, you look at the shopping centre, the ten over at Gateway. There's still Durban as a great disposable income and we are very excited I mean I had meetings with uh, MDs of these international retailers and it was amazing the amount of money the people in Durban spend uh, at uh, these high-end stores there's a big demand it's a very small market it's not a big market but you know when you walk into one of these big international brands and you buy one handbag it's 20 to 30,000 rands and uh, you know you can close your, your doors after that you've made enough profit for the day but we are very excited we are actually going to bring a, a great store and we also are going to have another fest which I cannot mention but it's the first type of entertainment children entertainment ever in South Africa mm -hmm. this is this, uh, this is a, a very ambitious project uh, I know you've got you've, you've been successful in your business we've mm -hmm. spoken about how you started as a bucky builder really and, yeah. and worked all your way up but even for you this must be uh, must be a stretch uh, uh, you know I'm not afraid and that's why I got a partner Robin Alexander as a partner who is a seasoned businessman and you know uh, when the fact that the banks had uh, the financial institutions had confidence in giving us the money they're still supporting us so it was a big ambition but I'm, I'm not afraid of things because I believe in life I mean I started off with 500 rand a bucky we built today the biggest electrical company in this country employing 7,000 people across Africa I've built developed five casinos and I knew nothing about casinos and even you know we built the Newcastle Mall which won the award as the best design the best performing mall seven, six years ago. We just built the uh, new cars, I mean, Quadragusa, that's Tanga, the most people know it. Uh, it's 500 million rand mall that just opened in September last year. Great success mall. I'm spending another one and a half billion rands there, putting, expanding the mall, putting in a value center. We're even building a hotel, and Stanga doesn't have a hotel. It's got 350,000. You, you're very bullish on South Africa. I'm positive. Look, we got a great president in Silver Ramaphosa. And he is someone that I believe 
is going to take out out of this recession and I hope people give him more of a chance. I think there have been too high expectations. You know, uh, it's been, the country has been in decay for a while and we must look around the world what's happening and we must look at what other countries, you know, uh, like uh, take, um, you know, some of these European countries and then what has happened uh, to, uh, out there, Portugal, you know, they've been worse in South Africa and they picked it up. And I believe that this country has got more positive than negatives. We've got to start being more patriotic as South Africans. Do you know I quote the story about 9-11 quite often to people. And yesterday I addressed the Sapoa conference, uh, you know, in Durban it was, uh, <clears throat> and I told them, uh, it was the, um, you know, they called it landlords interaction with people. I told them, do you know, when you go back to America, patriotism is very important. When the 9-11, all we remember of 9-11 is the planes going into the tower. You will never see a picture anywhere on TV of the planes going into the Pentagon. Their greatest embarrassment in American history was that plane going into the uh, heart of the security. Because George Bush put out a call to these guys, please, we want to be patriotic, let people forget about it. And people are forgetting about the biggest embarrassment. And if we believe the news, everyone has published the facts. It's the, you know, but the problem is to give you an instance when a certain paper had a front page article about uh, Cape Town being the uh, worst murder capital of the world, 3,000 uh, people dying and stuff like that. That went all over the world. I mean, I'm, in the, uh, I'm part of a big group. We're in the hotel industry. We had reservations drop by 30%. Mm. And we had saying, you know, Cape Town, you know, I've been to Cape Town, and we know, you know, it could have been qualified. We just believe that we need more positive news. There are great happenings in South Africa. There should be more uh, reports about that. The problem is, like the ocean things, people are not, and I'm glad you give me that, they're not talking about it's going to create two and a half thousand jobs and 15, you know, it's going to be a great project. We have uh, hiccups, there are problems, but it's all, we've overcome those problems. Are you, are you back on site now? Is it starting back to on site, again? the cranes are working, you see, you know, we're back on site. Uh, the piling has been finished for the mall, the mall contract has been awarded to the major, uh, to a contractor. And it's happening. It's just that we're faced with delays, it's stressful, but in life, it's how you overcome. And Mandela always said, he has the greatest respect for people that stumble and pick themselves up. And that is what is important. You know, Pravin, just uh, delays cost money, especially when you're in a big, uh, you're doing a big development like this. Is uh, first of all, when is it going to be finished? Right. And secondly, how much is, is all these right. delays uh, cost you? Can uh, you insure against things like right. that? Right. Uh, let me tell you. Firstly, it's going to be finished. December next year will be over. Everything will be finished. Be a great project. Uh, there are costs. Uh, but remember, when we terminated the builders, uh, look, we had termination costs because today, when you sign an agreement to someone and you cancel it and say, sorry, the financial institutions don't want you anymore, you've got to pay them to walk. It costs us money. Uh, and uh, the, the holding costs are not that great. We, the new contractors have come in because the property, the construction market is depressed. We're able to get new prices at much lower than the old price. When we originally bid it, the market was at a high. So we got very good construction price, so it balances off. It did cost a bit, but uh, between Rob and I, we, it's affordable and, uh, you know, it's not major figures. Mm. And so the end of next year, it's going to be finished. What about the investors? Because it's not just retail, there's also a hotel and there's also uh, accommodation. Uh, 
uh, residential? I don't know. Uh, they have been kept informed. You know, they know of the delay. We've got an extension period. We're well within that. Uh, we're quite comfortable. The mall will be finished on time. Uh, everything is time. The hotel uh, will open. Oh, the hotel, we were planning to open the hotel in July, but it will now open in September, which isn't a train crash. You know, it's much more. The Radisson is still on board. We own the hotel. It's our hotel, you know, and uh, we, we're quite comfortable with that. Vivian, you've also been described as a politically active or a uh, exposed connected, connected person. person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, how many of these stories? First of all, the gangster state. I'm sure you've read that book. You, oh, you feature yes. in that with a, as a friend of Ace Magashuri. Yeah, I tell you, What's well, the we story? Did they talk to you about it? Well, let me tell you something. Uh, in that report, the, the journalist published our side of the story, but its fact is nothing. I mean, it was uh, absolutely... In fact, I want to talk about that, which is quite interesting, that he says, I invited for my 60th birthday. Uh, we invited 2,500 people, uh, of which we invited every premier as a mayor, because I'm well known. I mean, I've been involved with the ANC, you know, early 90s, you know, so I know everyone. You could see the picture. Oh, we, we have a relation. These are my friends. And you invite them to your birthday. And they say, oh, because H. Magashiru attended a function with 2,500 other people, and... Uh, one year before that, there was some project awarded, that is why. I mean, to link it, it's wrong. In fact, we have actually launched legal action against that. Uh, I think even the other book that had a ridiculous story uh, uh, about a plane landing in Durban with some medical equipment, and we facilitated that, and it was a good uh, project anyway, but we had nothing to do with it. Uh, and this is the unfortunate thing that... Uh, when people write books, they don't fact-check. You say things, you create defamatory statements, and they tell you, look, we gave it a chance to comment, but they don't present what you commented on. So it's a bit of an unfair situation, and that's why we felt very aggrieved, and we are launching defamation. I think it's already been launched. It's, it's extraordinary what South Africa is going through at the moment. Uh, immediately the conclusion is jumped to that Vivian Reddy bought this land cheaply, is, is, uh, is a scoundrel, is, is doing, he's now being sued by a, a contractor, etc. And it can quickly get out of control when people's tongues get wagging. How, how do you think... How do you address stuff like this, as you personally? Well, I'll tell you what happens. I think you learn over the time to become a bit thick-skinned. And uh, there's been a whole lot of allegations. Like, you know, people said, I've only reason Edison Power is successful because we've got government contract. And the reality is that 95% of our income is from the private sector. You know, you get, it seems to be the thing, oh, because you were linked to Zoom. I mean, I was linked with Mandela, was my friend, Tabo Mbeke, Kelly, including the current president. We've known them for a long time. Now, it doesn't mean those relationships must be corrupt. I mean, there is this crazy concept in South Africa that if you know a politician, there must be some corruption. But this sort of stories, you know, over the years, what happens is my success story. Looking at having, getting, having, about, uh, giving, having 30 awards 
for your contributions to the underprivileged, having been voted businessman of the year, uh, being invited to speak to hundreds of audience, being uh, at, I'll show you, just the other day someone sent me a message showing a child, a 13-year-old, and, and did an amazing story for a class project, telling the, a teacher that I'm the hero and he wants to meet with me. But I think there are m more, 90% good stories about me and 10% negativity and it's something we've got to accept. When you are high profile, when you are successful, people get jealous, envious and very, I mean, we know a lot of people on the Ocean Project who are very envious. That, yeah, how does this man, uh, would Rob Alexander, they are two medium-sized businessmen, put out a project that worth billions. I know there were a lot of animals and that is why you get fake stories being spread about the project and in life, one of the most unfortunate people in life in South Africa, we have a people who want to see people fail. They don't herald successes, but they want to talk. They want, when they see a project, it's a jealousy. It's our society is so riddled with jealousy, unhappiness about people's successes, and we need to change that mentality. We should be applauding each other. We should be supporting each other. And that is how South Africa is going to success, succeed, because there is so much going wrong in this country at the moment. We should be coming together. Not and but yet we've been divided. We should be working together. The only way South Africa is going to succeed is everyone comes beyond our great president, Sir Ramaphosa, and say, we are with you. We want to support you. I mean, Tina, they complain. Everyone's what they promise they're not doing. We need more investors and we've got to work together with government to build this country. Now, there'll be a lot of people surprised when you say our great president, Cyril Ramaphosa, because the perception, <laughs> the perception <laughs> exists that you were very close to Jacob Zuma, that you funded Nkantla, or at least partly, <laughs> yeah. and that, uh, that, that also you're in that camp, if you like, Absolutely, in that faction. Yeah. Let me tell you the reality. Um, let's deal with that Nkantla thing. I mean, what had happened about 23 years ago, uh, all that happened, uh, and it was public knowledge, uh, uh, one of the big banks uh, where uh, President Zoom, I mean, he wasn't the president, he was MEC at that time, wanted a, a loan for his place in Encanto because it was burnt by the opposition party and he wanted to rebuild it. And he couldn't qualify because the Ingonyama Trust owned the land. And I knew nothing. Next thing I get a call. Uh, from President Mandela telling me, look, he wants me to help uh, Zuma. And I, you know, I wasn't close to Zuma. And, uh, and I went and met him. He said, look, with the bank manager was there. And they said, look, uh, we want you to be... And, and at that time, I was a known ANC supporter. So that's why President, and I've known President Mandela very well. And he said, can you stand shortageship? And it was a small amount. You know, I stood shortageship thinking, I mean, yeah, is man. And... Uh, didn't dare then Sunday about two and a half years time or something I get a corporate bank saying this bond hasn't been serviced we're calling upon you to pay and all I had to do I was forced to because my shortage is paid it, I continue paying the installments and that's all that and he repaid every cent of it just proper records so he was repaid every cent of the money it was about 500,000 and was repaid to me and this proper record has been recorded in our financial documents so coming back to the thing I was very close to President Mandela I mean, I was very close to Tab President Tabo Mbeki, I was close to President I support the President of Day. And I've known Pre uh, uh, President Ramaphosa when he used to come in the 90s. You know, so, so we go back for a long time, and he's someone I had the greatest respect. And I never, there's no camps to me. To me, you've got to respect and support the President of the country. And we, I'm still 
you know, uh, whenever I meet President Mbeki, we have a very warm relationship. Even in the midst of his fight with President Zuma, we still had a good relationship. Even President uh, Kalima. And, you know, and I haven't, in the reality, what people don't realize that when President Zuma, when he became president in first and second term, the more I didn't have the opportunity to meet him on one-on-one -on -one during his entire time during the presidency. I've never had the opportunity because I was busy with my business. My business is not government-related. We're involved in the casino. We built power, you know, the uh, power business. We built properties. And in the IT sector and the, the private market. So this misconception about Zuma and I being close is completely wrong. Of course, I've known him for a long time. And the only financial arrangement was by default. And not that I'm never, and in fact, I always detest this thing when they say I'm a benefactor of Zuma. It's a totally misnomer. It's actually wrong. That uh, one little transaction was repaid. I didn't see your name on the list of the benefactors of CR17. <laughs> did, did they not ask you to contribute? No, I do not. No, no, no. This is where people must remember. I do not support individuals. I've never, ever supported people in anything in the ANC. I support the ANC. During the elections, I've supported it. It's recorded. During every ANC election, I've supported openly. That I've got. I do not support individuals. So why do you support the ANC? I support the ANC because when I look at where we come from, you know, my family and my father was involved uh, with the Indian Congress in some way, in a very minor, minor way. But I believed the ANC is an organization that actually gave us dignity. It brought us freedom. It gave us opportunity. Their policies. I wouldn't be in the casino industry if it wasn't for the ANC. I wouldn't be able to build properties, you know. They just, and the most important thing, the sacrifices. People like President Mandela, Ramaphosa, you know, Zuma, all the leaders, Kalima, what they went through in life, hundreds, thousands of leaders, everyone out there, they actually made a big sacrifice so that we and our children can have a better future life. And I believe sometimes it's, you know, it's not about, and my business, remember, I've been in business for 40 years now. I've made money a long time ago. I didn't wait for the ANC to be empowered. Work. I worked hard. I had a good electrical company. And also, people forget that I have a relationship with everyone, whether it be the DA leaders, uh, Musi, uh, Dr. Butulezi, uh, Herman Mashaba, who doesn't. Herman, I know Herman. He's giving you a well. bit of rough time. Well, Herman. Uh, uh, that city power country. Yeah, well, this, now let's talk about Herman Mashaba. I know him very, very well, a uh, long time ago, uh, you know, over the years. Uh, there again, let's talk about the city power thing, it was quite interesting. The ANC were in power at that time, and we got the job, and there was some person linked to one of the ANC members and also was a father. He was left out. It was a competition. Uh, he was in competition with us and then suddenly uh, there's a ridiculous story about how Zuma gave um, Reverend Frank Shikani an instruction to award the project to me. That's what they alleged. Reverend Frank, Frank Shikani. That was the lies. I mean, they hate each other. Reverend, I mean, I don't know whether oh, they hate know. each other. Yeah. We know. It's publicly known. And then that starts, and, and then what happens, the Reverend was very important to clear his integrity. They called up an investigation. Uh, I think it was one of the big, not, uh, it was Ernest Young, one of the big auditing companies, a uh, team of advocates. They had a six-month investigation. They found nothing was wrong. So along comes Herman Mashaba and the DA now, and this was all in the news. No, 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 this must have been a cover-up. I mean, Frank Shikani is a man of integrity. 
And he went in a press conference and cleared and he said there's nothing wrong then and he ordered that inquiry. Then there's another inquiry started by him and Meshaba and the DA and they brought along Gobodo and a whole lot of people about nine months of investigation, nothing, zero. So that project, it, I mean, it was very simple. It was a public, but that's our business. Electricity in the business, we've been in it 40 years. We are the best. By the way, Edison Power is the only company in this country to have been voted for 10 consecutive years, the best electrical company in, the, uh, in South Africa. 10 years, no one else has done, because we're good. That's our uh, DNA, you know. Uh, we, we, we know what we're doing, and it's a business that we know best. You're in your mid-60s now. You are mm. tackling this very, very <laughs> testing project that we've been talking about right in the beginning, the Amklonga Oceans. How, how much longer are you going to be at it? Okay, I tell you what I want to do. My, look, the oceans will be over next year and our other projects. You know, in total, if you look at the oceans and the other projects, I'll be investing 6 billion rands into the province and in total creating about 4,000 permanent jobs. And what I want to do I am involved in philanthropy in a big way. I think in Kwasunita, we're one of the biggest contributors. We've given over 150 million rands to over 122 organizations, amazing organizations, and I want to dedicate my life. By the time, in the next five years, I want to slow down and serve the community. I want to uplift community. My legacy I want to leave behind as a man that helped to make a difference in South Africa. Because I believe a rich man is poor if you do not share your wealth with the, to uplift others. And it's very important in our community today to give you an example. When 14 schools had zero metric pass rates in KwaZulu-Natal in the Greater Lembe area, everyone was criticizing the Department of Education. But what I did, I went out there and adopted those 14 schools. We spent over 10 million rands to our trust and we uplifted those schools. Those 14 schools today have got great students. We've given bursaries and those 14 schools no more have zero pass rate. They're 40, 60, 70 percent. And do you know what we discovered? Some of those classrooms were so derelict and leaking we had to spend money repairing classrooms. Toilets were not working. Children were going, metric students were going home and not coming back. We repaired toilets. We discovered that children didn't have calculators. Uh, just before the exams, we arranged a motivational program. Over the weekends, uh, we brought in university students and paid them to teach them. And that's what business must do. And I urge businesses, when you see schools not performing, don't just like, go and adopt the school. And that is why we will be remembered for how we use our money to uplift the life of others. And that's very, very, very important to me. And I believe in life, that's what I want to continue serving the people of South Africa. You know, I'm the chief patron of uh, Child for South Africa. We have to save the organization. Child Line was saved because of our initiatives. Uh, and we support a lot of organizations. But most importantly to me is the future, the children. I want to make sure that we help. In fact, uh, you and John, there's a big news in the front page in, uh, of the newspaper this week where I got involved in a project. It's called Safe, it's a safe Children. But what is happening? We have too many babies being abandoned, thrown into toilets and left out. And then I was approached by an organization in child welfare to provide a, a, 
a drop where babies can be put into a little box and it sends out an alarm in the child welfare building, no identity of the mother and they can abandon the children. And because of hundreds of children being abandoned, it's a little, it's not a big project, but I'm going to do it countrywide. And if every one of us can reach into our pockets, people, even if you can't afford the money, spend time to help others and uplift people. And that's what we need to do. And, you know, I have a motive in life. Alec, and it's called Kenai, C-A-N-E-I. It means constant and never-ending improvement. It simply means that every day got to be a better day. And I sleep well at night because I know I help to uplift people. And that is what's important. If you help to make uplift other people's lives, you sleep well and you are comfortable, and then you are really serving this country well. You know, when we walked in here, I saw that you were at the 13th World Jamboree and I know from, from your Wikipedia page and uh, this, this made a huge impact in your life uh, where you met Neil Armstrong. Just as we close off, I mean, tell us that little bit. That little story. I've got to tell you and you know what is so ironic, it was the 50th year this day of the Armstrong landing. I was 16 years old. And I was selected as a troop leader, the leader to, for the South African Boy Scouts to go to Japan. And I was absolutely excited. But at the same time, I was very, very sad because my, I'm the youngest of nine children. My father was a school teacher earning 30 rand a month. And we couldn't afford it. The public rallied around. 1,750 rand was raised by the community of Greenwood Park to send me to Japan. Is that a poor... A poor, a poor, poor Greenwood Park is a poor community, you know. And uh, they found... And those days, 1,750 was a lot of money. A lot of money. They had cake sales, jumble sales. It took them about six months. But the money was raised and I went out there and represented South Africa proudly and astronaut Neil Armstrong was a guest of honor and he came to the South African camp and I remember Garvin Geach was the chief scout at that time and we shook hands and I had the opportunity to speak to him for about a few minutes and I t shook his hand and I didn't know what to do I was shaking you know and he had a boy scout uniform though he was an eagle scout I remember 69 he went under the moon and this was 71 and I said sir can you tell me the secret of your success and he told me a little bit about his life, but he left me with his words. He said, young man, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Perseverance prevails when all else fails. And that's why even in ocean, I will never fail. I will persevere. I will succeed because oceans is my dream, and I'm going to make that dream a reality. That was Vivian Reddy, the youngest of nine children from an impoverished family but a man whose life was changed at 16 when he was selected to represent South Africa at the World Scout Jamboree in Japan. That was in 1971. And it was there that astronaut Neil Armstrong gave him some advice. He has lived to the full ever after. And this has been The Rational Perspective. Until the next time, cheerio.